Good morning and welcome to Madison Church Westside. Uh, welcome to the Christmas season. We're about halfway through December now. Christmas is next week. And are you ready? No? Anybody ready? No. Uh, it flies by so fast, doesn't it? Like last week, I was working on the Christmas lights uh, and thinking about how I needed to prepare for today's message. And then there was the small group party on Wednesday night. We went axe throwing. There was uh, my office's Christmas party on Friday. And next thing you know, I woke up on Saturday morning. I'm like, oh no, I still have to prepare a message for today. Uh, And yet, in just over a week, uh, the day itself will be over and it'll be time to tear it all down again. The lights, the Christmas trees, you get the tree up and decorated just in time to take it back down again. That's why a lot of us just leave the lights up all year, don't we? <laughs> uh, why not have a bit of Christmas cheer in February, right? Uh, in that slump when you forget what the sun looks like and wonder if it was ever actually warm enough for the snow to melt. You can't quite remember. But it's not just the tree and it's not just the lights. Anyone... Uh, taking out a loan to afford all the presents this year? Yeah. Uh, You sell your soul to get just that right toy for the kids. Uh, The right video game, the right Power Rangers, Ninja, Tiger, Fighting, Samurai, Tyrannosaurus, Exploding Doom, Fortress. Uh, And then before you even get dinner on the table, the kids are saying, Mom, I'm bored. Yeah, you all know it. That's right. There's so many things about Christmas that just don't seem to last, do they? And it's the good things too, the moments around the table, the conversations with your loved ones, snuggling wrapped up in front of the fire with that one last cup of cocoa. But it's not just Christmas stuff either. Nothing seems to last long enough. You know what else doesn't last long enough? Naps. Gum flavor. Cell phone batteries. And get an amen on that one? <laughs> Nothing seems to last except, except today I want to show you one thing that does last. Or more accurately, someone who does. This is week three of our holiday series. It's called Above All Names. And the theme here comes from a verse written by the prophet Isaiah about 700 years before the birth of Christ. Uh, If you want to read along, we've got the blue Bibles in your seats next to you. You can pull out your app on your phone, your Bible app, or the words are going to be up here on the screen. And it says in Isaiah, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those four names are what we're paying attention to the most right now. So unlike the tree that you're going to be dragging out to the curb at the end of the month, or like my brother is lighting on fire in the yard as soon as it dries out a little bit, uh, Jesus is forever. Isaiah calls him the everlasting father. Now, the pedantic side of me shouts, why is Jesus being called the father? Isn't the father the father? But, yes, but no, but see... In this case, as it turns out, the specific word isn't exclusively associated 
with paternity, the word being translated father in this particular verse, to someone reading this about 2,700 years ago anyway, would have implied the author or originator of. Kind of like how we call George Washington and Thomas Jefferson our founding fathers. They didn't specifically sire the nation. We're not all descendants of theirs, but they designed it and they got it going. They authored the documents and they originated the governing models. So, as everlasting father, Isaiah is saying that Jesus is the author and the originator of the everlasting or eternity. Jesus is forever because he invented forever. And what's more, he doesn't just want to keep forever to himself. He wants to share eternity with all of us. The author of Ecclesiastes writes that he has planted eternity in the human heart. Planted eternity in the human heart. He doesn't just tell us about it. He doesn't just teach us about it or present it to us and say, isn't this such a nice idea? No. He plants the desire for the everlasting in our very core. Consider this. Forever is such a difficult concept to think about. If God hadn't placed eternity in our hearts, I doubt we'd even give it a second thought. We can barely think about what we're going to do this afternoon or for the rest of the week. We live fixedly in the here and now. I've got a clock in my bedroom sitting on the nightstand that I can see first thing in the morning and last thing when I go to bed at night. My stove has a clock. My microwave has a clock. My phone has a clock. And I wear an extra clock on my wrist, although I forgot it this morning, just in case. We are hopelessly enslaved to our schedules with reminders 10 minutes ahead to make sure we don't miss an important meeting. Everywhere you turn, you are constantly reminded just how little time you have left. But then, here's Jesus, the father of the everlasting, planting a longing for eternity deep in our hearts. The eternal is so hard to grasp. Well, okay, some of you are sitting here thinking, actually, I am quite familiar with the concept of eternity because I was up at the DMV just this week, and I've sat through a couple of Stephen's sermons. But seriously, eternity really is hard for us to grasp, which is why we can find ourselves describing those situations as taking forever, right? We're living in the moment, and eternity just feels like something we can deal with later, like way later, like when we die later. It's not like eternity is going anywhere. It's eternal after all. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of expiration dates. I've had enough of things that are temporary and disposable. I don't just want puppy love. I want everlasting love. I don't want temporary happiness. I want everlasting joy. And I don't want short-term goals. 
I want everlasting purpose. It's like that line in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they're talking to Socrates. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. The sands of time are running through our fingers. And no matter how tightly we grip them, you can't hold on to it. It just keeps slipping away. And so the everlasting keeps tugging at us, calling out to us. And we long for something beyond our temporary selves. And Jesus, our everlasting Father, is the only one who can satisfy that longing. Here's what John says about Jesus in 1 John chapter 1. We want to tell you about the one who was from the beginning. We have seen him with our own eyes, heard him with our own ears, and touched him with our own hands. This one is the manifestation of the life-giving voice, and he showed us real life eternal life. We have seen it all, and we can't keep what we witnessed quiet. We have to share it with you. We are inviting you to experience eternal life through the one who was with the Father and came down to us. John says that Jesus has real life, eternal life, and he says that we are invited to be a part of it. And what's more, he says, we've seen it. We've heard it. We've touched it with our own hands. The everlasting life that John is telling us about is something that the apostles have already experienced firsthand. And that's something so important to realize. See, eternity isn't something far away. It's not what happens when you die. It happens here, and it impacts your life now. Jesus came to us in the flesh, and he came to show us a better, more real vision of what eternity looks like. He told us about the kingdom of heaven, and it wasn't just standing around in bathrobes playing harps forever and ever. He didn't just come to reveal it, but to share it with us. He came to give us eternity on earth. So here's three ways that we see that eternity. First, Jesus gives us everlasting joy. This isn't the type of feeling that you get when things are going your way. It doesn't sway back and forth based on the situation and the conditions of the moment. This is joy that's rooted in something greater than ourselves. Everlasting joy makes it possible to smile when you're going through hard times. Joy helps you look back on your loss or your embarrassment or your longings and celebrate that you don't have to grieve without hope. Anyone here need some of that kind of joy today? Do you need to remember that you have a future that can be better than your past? That your past doesn't need to dictate your future provision? That the pain that you felt is nothing compared to our lives in Christ? The presence 
of the everlasting Father fills us with everlasting joy. Second, Jesus gives us everlasting love. The type of persevering love that has no end, no limits. Not physical attraction, not just the love of family, but agape love. Love that is complete and without bounds. The kind of love that puts you above everything else. No strings attached, no fine prints, no conditions. Imagine being in a relationship with someone who loves you no matter what you do or don't do. You can be completely free and never feel like you might risk alienating or offending them. They'll correct you from time to time, but not because you're insufficient to help you grow, grow into the thing that they know you have the potential to be. You never have to fear rejection. You're safe. You're loved. And even death can't take that away from you. That is the everlasting love you have with the everlasting Father. And third, Jesus gives us everlasting purpose. See, we know that we were created in the image and likeness of God. And he equips us and charges us to go out and change the world to help people find their way back to him, to connect them with God and with each other. Jesus invites us, he calls us to live beyond the day-to-day monotony, the rat race, and to serve the greatest purpose in the world. When Jesus calls us to the eternal, he's calling us to the fullest forms of ourselves. While we're so easily inclined to settle for cheap substitutes and instant gratification, Jesus reminds us that he came to give us everlasting life, everlasting love, joy, and purpose. Instead of wasting our lives, merely spending our time, Jesus invites us to invest our lives in eternal things. As Dallas Willard put it, the point of the gospel is getting into heaven before you die. Before you die. That's what Jesus is talking about when he teaches his disciples to pray. He says to ask for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. What is it? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. He's talking about us being the conduits, the pathway to usher in his kingdom, a kingdom of everlasting joy, love, and purpose, right here and right now. And when we understand that everything, every moment in our life becomes a sacred moment, it breaks down the separation between your church life and your normal life or your everyday life. Every situation, every meal, every meeting, every conversation, every interaction becomes a moment where God is inviting us to see 
and to share in the everlasting. That love, that joy, and that purpose, those are the things that Jesus promises us for eternity. Only we don't have to wait until we die to experience them. Jesus came to usher in the eternal right now. So as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and then enter into the new year, I want to challenge you to stop living for the things that don't last. Stop worrying about the little things that bog you down and distract you from the everlasting. Like Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He says, don't just peek at the everlasting. Don't just glance at the eternal. Fix your eyes on it completely. Don't look away. Don't get distracted. Don't get tripped up by the things that don't have eternal impact, kingdom impact. Fixing our eyes is something we have to be intentional about. Anything with lasting value takes commitment and intentionality. Do you know anyone who's gotten physically fit without trying? Anyone who's built up a significant retirement fund or built a successful business by accident? These things take time and effort, and they still don't last forever. If you don't work at it, be intentional about it. You won't change your attitude and focus on the everlasting. You'll get caught up in the present, in the boilerplate activities of every day, and you'll lose sight of his kingdom and the everlasting life he's trying to give you. So this morning, I want you to think about the things in your life that have your focus right now. And then consider if those things have eternal value. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But think about that. Will buying your kids another dozen gifts bring value to God's kingdom? Will it lead them to be more successful in their lives or in their relationships with God and the people around them? Probably not. Will walking past and ignoring the bell ringer at Walmart help usher in God's kingdom? Don't think so. So think about these things. And then write down just one or two of those things that you can do this week to help fix your eyes on the eternal. Look past the temporal. Look to the everlasting. You might find an opportunity to lift up people in need, whether that's volunteering in a local soup kitchen, donating some of your unused stuff to Goodwill, or just spending time and mentoring some of the kids in your neighborhood. Pray over it. Talk to your family about it. And most importantly, do it. Make it a point to focus on the everlasting. In Matthew's gospel, when Jesus was born, he was called Emmanuel, 
God with us. And at the end of the gospel, the last thing Jesus says to the people he was closest to was this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus, the everlasting father, is the author and originator of the eternal. He calls us out of the temporal, the things that will fall apart and waste away, and into a life filled with eternity. So let's set aside the things that distract us and fix our eyes on the joy, the love, the purpose Jesus has given us. The mission is stated simply, his kingdom on earth.